Hello, Wizards fans, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench, our wonderful podcast that we hope you have enjoyed all season. We're coming down to the wire, into the regular season. Wizards, four games behind, 37 and 40 record. Jacob, Jeremy, um, what are your 37 and 40? That's what I said. Oh, okay. oh so what did you think I, I said? 37 said four, and four? 47. Four, <laughs> yeah. New NBA schedule that plays 87 <laughs> yes, games. Yes. Uh, a rough, rough road trip. Uh, two and three out on the West Coast. Jeremy, your thoughts on what the Wizards can do? Only five games left in the season, three of them at home. Sorry, I mean, I'm just backtracking to you saying it was a rough rough road trip i mean most of the time when you go on the west coast and you go two and three you wouldn't call it that rough the only reason it was rough was because of the position the team had put itself in yes i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't say that you know it's necessarily rough to go two and three on the west coast with the schedule they had yeah it was, it was i'd say in normal settings it'd be a little disappointing you want to go three and two at at, you know, to call it for kind of a successful trip in, in normal in a normal setting, for this team they really needed to go probably four and one to ha- to have a real chance at it. They absolutely needed to beat Sacramento. That was kind of we, when we went into the West Coast trip. That was sort of the swing game that you know to have any sort of chance you had to go at least three and two and beat Sac you know Sacramento, Phoenix, and the Lakers were the three winnable games. Then you you hope you know the Warriors and Clippers you you kind of hope you just give yourself a shot and maybe you get you can kind of steal one of those and go four and one. And they were in both of those games. Yeah. They they played yeah. all, they played fine. Yeah. yeah, they they really they did play okay. I think I think what made the trip really disappointing was that Sacramento game because that was the one game you had to win it and they that was probably their worst game of the trip, where they just didn't play well defensively. They gave up 120 points in that one. And the feeling after that one was r- just really down. That was kind of the one game of the trip. You know, obviously the two wins, you feel good. You know, they played – the first half they played very well against the Warriors. I thought mm-hmm. defensively they played very well right up until the end of that first – you know, that last two-minute That 12-0 that. run that was in a yeah. blink of an eye. I mean, right. unbelievable to be up nine and then watch the Warriors go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two minutes on a 12-0 run, you really, you really couldn't blink. Right, and they just they just didn't make enough shots in those games. They, you know, they they gave themselves a chance, and then even in that Warriors one, they, you know, they took the starters out, and the the reserves came in, and they fought, and they I think they got it down to six with like forty seconds left or thirty something like that. You know, just to make the Warriors sweat, they had to bring their starters back in mm-hmm. just to finish it, the war, the Wizards off. But um, yeah, it, it was we knew with the position they were in going into the trip. Ultimately, you know. Five and zero was kind of, you know, a little bit of fantasy land. But I think four and one was, you know, somewhat of a uh, of a goal that you just had to do just to stay in this race because they were so far out of it or just put themselves kind of behind the eight ball. Right. You never want to be in a position where you have to go four and no. one on a West Coast right. road trip. Yeah. So we knew we knew it was kind of a it was going to be an uphill climb going into it, and they came out of it. They were two and three. I mean, it wasn't their worst stretch of the year. They played okay out on the trip, but. You know the position; it, it just—it's not good enough, and that's what we said. They had to play at such a high level down the stretch, and they didn't do it. And here we are, five games left of the season, four games out of a playoff spot. You're looking at about a one or two percent chance left of still making the playoffs. And I mean, until they tell you you're out, you got—you go play hard. I mean, you play hard regardless. But you know, from a player's perspective, it's not like. 
you know, you can't pack it in now because you have a one or two percent chance. You guys got to go out. You play Brooklyn Wednesday. You take care of your games. You hope that you hope that the Pistons drop a couple on the road, yeah, which makes the game on Friday against them meaningful. And right. you go get that one, and then you see where things lie over the last couple of the year. Right, but I think right this week they'll they need some help from the Magic and the Heat to beat Detroit. But you know, if the Heat, yeah. if the Pistons drop both of those, and then we go in and beat the Pistons after a win against the Nets, the, the I mean, it's it's still a long shot, but. Right. You know, there's there's a scenario where the last couple of the games of the season are really meaningful. Because right. the Pistons play Miami at Orlando, then the Wizards, then Miami, and at Cleveland to end the season. Right. That's yeah. a rough. I mean, the only the up. only problem is that I think that it's highly likely that Miami and Cleveland will, will rest a lot of players mm-hmm. in those last two games. We saw Cleveland in the last game of the year last year, and they didn't play any of their five starters. And so I right. mean. That's the that's that's the issue with that game. If they were if they had something meaningful to play for, you'd say that's exactly. a game on their schedule that they won't win. But right. And so the crazy thing is, only a half a game separate the three from the six seed. Right. And well, that includes Miami. Exactly. In there. So Miami, Miami probably that game probably will mean something for Miami. It depends. It depends how much they value it versus yeah. giving mm-hmm. Wade some rest, et cetera. Right. And that's the thing with Wade. He might not play regardless, so you just don't know how many of the other guys are going to play. Um, Whiteside might need some rest. Yeah, it, it's, that's why some teams. Dragic has played a ton of minutes. Will value rest. I mean, this is all and getting this is all best case scenario. I mean, th- for this to even mean anything is a long shot. But mm-hmm. we're kind of getting down the road of if the Wizards, you know, beat Brooklyn and then go win at Detroit, and the Pistons lose the next three. Because yeah. the thing is, in those in that three. To six, the Wizards got to play Charlotte at home in Atlanta, and oh, yeah. they're playing for those right. spots too. Those are going to so be so they're going to play hard. Games. Yeah, I mean that's why that's what I think we're saying is I mean this is such a long shot. Like, I mean th- for the Wizards, ju- the Wizards have any chance they have to go five and zero, oh, which mm-hmm. they've won five in a row once this year. You're right. They're going to play a tough Charlotte team here. They have to play at Detroit. I don't think Atlanta's probably going to play their starters that last game of the season, but if they if they value I, my guess is home, they're if they value rest. home court advantage, and if they so. want to play for home court, or if they want, you know, and who's to say, you know, if if Atlanta plays uh, Schrader, who killed us last time, you know, he's the backup. Yeah, and you Mike, know, Mike Scott's Scott had success against us. These guys, like, it's nothing's a given. And let's just, mm-hmm. I think for the Wizards, the chances of the Wizards win five in a row alone are a long shot. Now to say, even if they do win five in a row, will Detroit? lose t- uh you know could detroit go one and four down mm-hmm. the stretch or and that's worse? and i mean that's not even including what chicago does right and yeah chicago's still it. a couple games ahead of them chicago so they're two things behind the it's unfortunately stop. it's unfortunately a big long shot right yeah, now we're, we're yeah. talking in extreme extreme uh what ifs here just to get just to have any chance at i mean for all you know we could be out of it by wednesday night after the brooklyn game so um, it's it's certainly a disappointing feeling. I Let's think hope it doesn't end with a loss to the Nets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brooklyn's playing all their young guys now, but I think if we just it's just a disappointing time. There's no way to kind of get around that fact, you know, regardless of the reasons or who you put, you know, where the blame lies. If it's you know whatever you want to say, it's just everyone's disappointed. That's just I mean, the players are absolutely disappointed. The coaches are disappointed. The fans are disappointed. And everyone has the right to be. I mean, this was a team coming into this season that we expected 
to be back where they Take were the another last step two forward. years. A playoff team that you know made they they added a couple of key guys in the off season, guys to add to their depth, and it just it's just been one of those years where it just has not worked out for them. And I mean, we could spend an hour talking about why and which we will once the season <laughs> ends, whenever <laughs> that is. What's gone wrong? But it's uh, I think ultimately everyone's just really disappointed, which and I think. There's fair criticism to go around, which is, you know, if, if you're expected to make the playoffs and you don't make it, that's, I mean, that's just, you know, you have to take on the criticism, which which we uh, we will take on, and there will be plenty of it once the season's over. But um, did you, s- Jacob, did you see any positives from the West Coast trip that makes you say, okay, yeah, I can see them going 5-0 and if? I think – yeah, I mean, th- this team has the talent and the potential to beat anybody on any given night. If they get their heads straight, I mean, you don't. there are, there are no games down the stretch that you would say, this is not a winnable game. There are no Warriors mm-hmm. on their schedule. They've struggled a little bit with the Hawks, but it's, it's a winnable game. And the, it's at home. The Nets are a winnable game. Hornets yeah. are not. I think the some Hornets, Hornets are tough, but they're that not. might be their toughest not, game. They're not, it's not a world-beating yeah. team. It's a tough team, but yeah. this is not like. I mean, I mean to, tr- to at Detroit, they've beaten. De- they've played well against Detroit. They've beaten them year. all three times. They're going for the season sweep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Morris against Morris. Right. You know, Markeith maybe knocked out by his brother. But I, w- you know, I would. The I don't know. I don't know if I. I would predict any team outside of the Warriors and Spurs to ever go five and zero on any five game stretch against mm-hmm. NBA competition, no matter who you're going up against. So I mean, yeah. it's 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 tough to predict that, and I'm I'm not going to do it. Sit here and do it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. But sure, I mean, on any given night, anything can happen. Um, I think highlights from the trip had to be the play of Otto. He's playing, he's playing yeah. well right now, and he's played really well down the stretch this season. Mm-hmm. I've really liked what I've seen out of him. And how about Beal talking about leadership on that road trip? You know, kind of challenging himself and the team. Yeah, he did. He That was about as unfiltered, I think, as we've ever heard Beal. I, mm-hmm. I kind of said that right after we interviewed him, and that, that was after that Sacramento loss. Um, you know, and it's it, like I said, it's just it's a tough spot. It's a very tough spot. Um, you know, you want the guys to kind of take on that lead, especially young the young guys, him and John. You know, they're they're the two best players on the team. They have to kind of be the leaders. But it's just it's one of those tough situations. You know, you don't you don't want to publicly you know call out you, you know call out individual teammates or you. But if you feel like guys aren't giving it their all and you want to, you know, get your message across, sometimes you have to do that. And sometimes that can kind of spark a team. It just depends which way it goes, it, you know, whether it brings a team together. If it's The problem is it's really too late. I mean, we're at the end of the year now, like, like we and said. That was, I mean, looking back on it, that Kings game is probably the nail in the coffin. Yeah. That's yeah. The one that Barring like something it. magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the and the problem is that I mean like if it were if we controlled our own destiny with something magical I'd feel better about the fact that then we have to be magical plus other teams have to be very not magical. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's tough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, switching, staying with the same sport but going down a level. Jeremy, can you do your tap song for Syracuse? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, no, this was nothing but a. <laughs> a successful ride. I always think of this year as one of the best success stories of my Syracuse uh, fandom. Because you have both teams. You both have Syracuse and the women's the and Final the women. Four too. Yeah, the women in the championship on Tuesday night. Add to them to the add them to the slaughtering of <laughs> yeah. on the list of, of UConn. UConn's opponents. But, uh, but yeah, what a great run for the men's team. I mean, 
a team that no one picked to be in the tournament a couple of weeks ago. It was ago. like, according to Kempom, the worst team to ever qualify for an NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, then, and then there they were. And then final they were four. in the Final Four. Jeremy, did you put them in the Final Four in any brackets? Uh, yes, multiple brackets. <laughs> I actually had them in the Final Four. Holy oh cow. Um, but unfortunately, I still lost those brackets, those pools, because I didn't get any of the other teams right. I missed <laughs> but, I missed uh, all four Final Four teams this year. Did. Yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't go well in my pools. but, uh, but I had North Carolina. Games were fun, and then we've had a couple blowouts in the uh, the final four. Although I thought Syracuse, you know, battled against Carolina. They acquitted they themselves fine. That North Carolina team is very tough. Yeah, just a much yeah. better Carolina. I think they're going to win um, against Villanova. Yeah, actually, I think I had Oklahoma as well. I didn't have Nova. If you're listening to this Syracuse. before that game happens, yeah, as we're <laughs> taping on Monday afternoon. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> if you're listening to it on Tuesday, well then. You already know what happens. Yeah, and happy opening day to our baseball fans. Hey, right. how about that, huh? We're Go switching birds. sports. Birds, Nats, Red Sox. Those are the three teams that are represented uh, by us as as fans in this room. That's right. All right, so that'll do it for off the bench. Let's see what happens in these last five games of the Washington Wizards season. We'll have another off the bench for you. We don't know if it'll be in the off season or. Right before the playoffs, which would be exciting for one, not so exciting for the other. Um, but we'll see what happens. Hope you enjoyed this podcast, listening on either Monumental Sports Network or iTunes. Uh, we are really appreciative of the support and hope you enjoyed it. Uh, until next time, for Jeremy Hyman and Jacob Rain, so long. Uh, enjoy basketball. Mm-hmm.